Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Welcome to Through the Keyhole, an OU fan podcast. Uh, I am Peyton Guthrie, one of your hosts, joined, as always, by Brady and Alan. We do not have our loyal, tried-and-true producer, Matt, who is in Vegas, I believe, uh, living it up. Uh, he decided to escape the uh, triple-digit heat of Oklahoma to go to the coastal paradise, the island paradise of Las Vegas, uh, to try to take some of that heat down there and, and get some he's, winnings out of there. He's negotiating the expansion of the Big 12 right now. He's going to LV and then use that as a brew rest of the West Coast and just undermine the Pac-12. Or, or Do we call it the Pac-12 now, or is it the Pac-9? It, until further notice, it's the Pac-12, but like I said, the, it's the Big 12, still the Big 12, and it's got four, uh, we'll have 13 next year currently? Currently, yes. I, I'll, I'll give the Big 12 this. When they are losing teams and they fail, it is it is not like how the Pac-10, 9, 12, 14 has, has been. This is, this is a disaster. Pretty much entirely. And before we jump all the way in there, I want to say thank you guys so much for um, for subscribing and listening. Uh, those of you who are Patreon subscribers, thank you so much. And if you'd like to become one, go to patreon.com slash through the keyhole to support Brady, myself, Alan, and Matt as we bring to you uh, hopefully well-thought-out OU content and college football content across the board. And then thank you to our sponsors, Vanessa House and Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Fall camp is right around the corner for basically every f- major football program in the nation. So we're going to do a prediction show. We're going to predict every single team in the Big 12. We're going to predict the major conferences and their winners and the and the playoffs. Uh, we will revisit this uh, on OU's bye week. Gives us some free content there. I was thinking ahead. And then we will <laughs> figure out to find out the fallout after the season uh, to see exactly where we landed on everything. And I don't know, maybe the maybe the four of us can like come with like some sort of funny, I don't know. Some you have to eat like a hot chili pepper or something. I don't know. Maybe we'll figure something out. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but let's just jump straight into it. Um, our Big Twelve records across the board, prediction wise, guys. We're gonna have lots of numbers and stuff. This will be posted on the Patreon. So sneak peek if you want to uh, figure out what you want to do here and uh, gift us a five dollar, uh, four to five dollars. Uh, we'll start through uh, what I have here. Baylor. Uh, I have Baylor going six and six, a perfectly equal, balanced football team, six and six uh, off the top. Alan, where do you have the Baylor Bears? Yeah, well, just a little insight into how I do this. I, uh, you know, 
I've been doing this pretty much uh, for the past, you know, five, six seasons where I try to take my power range, power ratings and then I go through for all the major conferences really and try to do game by game. I'm about halfway through it right now, but I've got a good idea uh, for some of the other conferences. Big 12 is one of the ones that I have finished. Um, so looking at Baylor, I have Baylor at five and four in the conference and seven and five overall. So not too far off from me. I think I had, yeah, I have them um, going two and one in non-con, uh, dropping to Utah, uh, and then losing to Texas, UCF, Texas Tech, uh, Kansas State, and TCU. I just thought UCF would be close enough to beat them, but not too late to where death is attacked, bothered them. So on and so forth. I, I, I'm a little more gut feeling, obviously, than you are uh, with the power rankings. <laughs> uh, Brady, where do you have the Baylor Bears? I think I'm going to have them just kind of equally as bad. They're losing to Utah. They're losing to Tech. UCF, and I'll just spoiler alert this. I think UCF is going to be my surprise Big 12 team. Uh, I don't. They're not going to have like a TCU year, but like fill in random Big 12 team to have a good year like TCU did. I think for me, that's going to be UCF. So they'll drop three of their first five. Um, God, I could see them losing to Tech, losing to KS, losing their last three games. Because West Virginia might be a little sneaky average, but I'm just going to go ahead and say they lose TCU, K-State, uh, Tech, UCF, Utah. So what? Is that six and five? Set, whatever it is, I can't do that. <laughs> it's got to be up, up to 12, so we're missing one. Seven and five? Seven and five. Okay, so Again, I'm... and beat and beating like absolutely nobody. All right. So is that a cover for them, Alan? A seven and five? Gosh, man, it depends on where you're getting it. You know, I've seen some at seven, some six and a half, some some seven and a half. So it really just depends on which shop you use. All right. So I've got. I can pull. I'll pull those. You know what? I'll pull those up while we're while oh, we're talking about. Nice. It'd be very nice. All right, BYU, Brigham Young. Uh, oh, man, what are what are they? I can't even remember. I just call them BYU. Uh, I They're have the Cougars. At, Cougars, that's right. Uh, I knew they were a lion or some sort at that point in time. Uh, I have BYU at five and seven. Uh, let me bring up my uh, sheet here. Uh, I have them beating Sam Houston and uh, what looks like an eagle <laughs> and then <laughs> losing uh, Arkansas, Kansas, uh, and then um, – not really doing much uh, until the West Virginia Iowa State section of their schedule, where they pick up some wins down the line there. But I've got them at a uh, uh, five and seven. I just don't think. I think whatever talent they had, obviously, as a you know the twenty-seven year old started selling insurance, uh, and now they have to mm. kind of start building that uh, back up. But I'm sitting at five and seven right now. Uh, Alan, where do you have the BYU Brigham Young? Let's see, BYU. I have the Cougars. Uh, I have them in the conference two and seven and uh, overall four and eight. Four and that eight. would be, yeah, that would be under. They are, let's see here, mm, across the board, they're like four and a half or five and a half, depending on which shop you use. And Brady, you got BYU. Now, I think I believe you have this one as a sneaker uh, sucker punch for the uh, home team. Um, but where do you have the, the Cougars? Six six wins. Uh, I think in the little prediction a few weeks ago on the Monday post, I I walked through OU 
schedule. I had them losing two games. One of them BYU and Provo. I uh, have won ever since BYU had been announced that they were going to join the Big 12 or it was rumored that they would. I'd hoped, can we just avoid playing them? Because not because I think BYU's better know you, not because anything like that. I'm just tired of playing Boise State. I'm tired. Like we went through a what a a little phase in the late 2000s, early 2010s. We were we were just playing a bunch of oh, this is our chance to prove ourselves game. Like, and that even though BYU has won a national title, even though BYU has quite a proud program history, they're still going to look at that game as like, oh yeah, this is our chance. And um I don't know if OU quite there yet to navigate their entire schedule of games that they should win. So they'll beat OU, but six win team. They actually, I, I think they might start four and one and then just fall off the face of the earth from there. Because I mean, TCU at Texas at, they have to go all the way to West Virginia. Um, we have no idea what Iowa state's going to be there and they play OU and then they go to Stillwater and I could just see that just be a letdown game after like, Oh my God, we did it. We beat the Sooners. Your hatred for mountain teams, uh, and, and or your hatred for OU playing these like older style teams, isn't that the point? One of the points of joining the SEC is we don't have to do that crap anymore and play like these little, you know, the, the children. We don't have to play. I know BYU are like elderly, but I mean, <laughs> in terms of like football prowess, wise, um, I'm I was tired of that, and I know we haven't really done that in a while, but um, Florida State. I mean, they kind of have been like that for the last 20 years. We knocked them into the Stone Age, and then they, they want to brag about a cheese at bowl victory on Twitter. So good for them. <laughs> uh, the UCF Knights, then, uh, for some reason, my, you know, locked into my, my memory mind, just like the, uh, you know, Hawaii uh, uh, Rainbow Warriors. I always had them as the Golden Knights until a few years ago when I interviewed uh, somebody from them. They're like, no, we're no longer the Golden Knights, just the Knights. Uh, I have them sitting at a perfectly a six and six, basically win loss, win loss, win loss, all the way down the board. Uh, this one I have a little bit of an issue with uh, because I don't think they have a quarterback uh, <laughs> uh, of note, uh, but I do have them at six and six sitting in my uh, standing at this point in time. Uh, Alan, where you have the uh, the Knights? Yeah, so looking here, let's see here. They're over under set right around six and a half, seven, depending on where. Um, I have him actually uh, three and six in the conference and <laughs> five and seven overall. So yeah, I have uh, I have UCF uh, underperforming. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the locate where a lot of their games are being played. If I recall, let's see. I mean, they've got to go to Baylor. I think they're playing like at Cincinnati. They got to go to Kansas, to Kansas State, maybe. I mean, you know, up and that's a uh, that's you know you start adding it up and that's uh that's pretty tough plus i think they have boise state in the uh, yeah boise state in the non-conference that's so second that's, of the year yeah. yeah yeah so that that's another i mean they've got to go to boise state uh that's never easy yeah i'll go ahead yeah i think they're i think they're going to be solidly under personally Area, I just realized they had them winning all their home games and losing all their away games so <laughs> yeah that probably won't happen <laughs> perfectly in that manner but yeah Brady, where you got the the Knights? So, um, I guess I already spoiled it. They're my surprise team. I'm going to have them at nine and three. I I have a little I have a little bit of respect for Gus Malzahn because technically he's a coach that's been there before multiple times. He wasn't just the product of a lucky year. He wasn't the product of 
down year in the SEC. He beat Alabama multiple times. That's a system that works. And we we know like with Dylan Gabriel that and past in some past NFL drafts, UCF has had um, some nice skill position players at the very least. And I think that that can help them. The problem with UCF is going to be the same problem that the other three new schools are going to face is whatever assets or strengths that they bring in. Um, is it still a strength in week six, week seven, week eight, when you guys, when your guys get banged up, um, when you're not playing Memphis, all this, not doing, you know, playing just whatever wacky conference schedule they were playing, but I have a little bit of respect from Malzahn and UCF. I am going to have them beating Boise state. Um, they will not beat OU. Um, if you're keeping track at home, if you read the Monday post, um, I think that they're good for an upset. I don't know if it'd be Kansas state. I don't know if it would be, uh, Texas tech and Lubbock. Um, but I think I just have a feeling that they could be rise team. So I'll just say nine and three ambiguous as to who they win or lose to. It's a big time over. <laughs> yeah. For, for the night. Yeah. Two games. Yeah. Uh, moving down on the Cincy. Uh, I think this is a, a decent schedule looking at it. it's a decent schedule for them walking into the conference. They, they play OU, obviously uh, they have pit on the non-con and then, Basically, at that point in time, they kind of avoid a lot of people besides who, who's another good Big 12 team they play. I don't think they play Texas, do they? They, they do not play Texas. They do they not don't. play Kansas State. They do not play TCU. They do not play Tech. I mean, but, it really no. depends on how you feel about Kansas and Baylor at that point in time. So it's a decent schedule for them. That said, they lost all their good players, and they have a worse coach. Uh, so, But I do have them, again – this is going to be a, a general trend for me for a bit. Uh, Cincinnati at six and six. Uh, I think they kind of split it just right. I think it's a schedule just soft enough for them to pick up to be bowl eligible. Alan, where do you got the, the Bearcats? Yeah, you know, I uh, I was kind of surprised. I thought that uh, I have them even lower than this, but I have Cincinnati at uh, three and six in the conference and five and seven overall. Um you know, I think that you mentioned this, the schedule, and that is real, uh, kind of a, um, you know, a soft entry for one of these new teams. Now I say that and I have them going three and six, but uh, you know, if, you know, switch out a couple of those games for a Kansas state or a Texas and uh, you know, this start look, uh, looks uh, even worse, but yeah, five and seven is where I've got the Bearcats. Is that, was that an under, that's an over. Right. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find Cincinnati on here. Vegas Insider doesn't put these in any particular order, so yeah. like I'm all over the place here. Hold on one second. You guys keep going, and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Update this when we go there. Brady, where you got the Bearcats sitting at? I was gonna say I agree with Alan on the five and seven at least. Um, and I guess for the the serious key holders out there, if they're gonna, if y'all are gonna start taking like note, like Pey- Peyton is of what our records are. I'm not keeping track of, well, if this team goes this record and I have another team go on that record, you might find some inconsistencies of like, well, who's going to beat who, but really it's just kind of feel for me. Um, and this is going to depend on a few different scenarios, but um, for instance, if UCF is as good as I think they are, and if Kansas is as good as the uh, media thinks Kansas could be, um, their five game stretch to end the year is brutal. So no matter how good, well they might like they could beat Pitt um go into the OU game 3 and 0 and juiced up for their first big game in conference against OU um and no matter what they do against 
whether they win or lose against the Sooners, that five-game stretch, if UCF is good and if Kansas is good, is pretty brutal just because of the travel. I'm going to Houston, going to Pullman. Um, um, Stillwater, of course, uh, Oklahoma State to start that off that five-game stretch. So I'm going to say five as well. Um, and I, for those at home, um, I did have OU beating Cincinnati on the road. And by Pullman, I think Brady means Morgantown. Yes. <laughs> oh, Pullman, Morgantown. What was I looking at? <laughs> They're like two complete opposite sides yes. of the country. There we go. You can tell he's going totally by field this podcast. <laughs> so the number for uh, Cincinnati's five and a half um, or five. And oh, so I think we, you know, for the most part, we either are pushing or under. Under, yeah. Push. Taking these notes, boys and girls. Uh, next is Houston. Uh, this is where the six and six train stops for me. I have them sitting at just below that, just barely five and seven. Uh, they have just enough of the bad teams to pick up five wins, but just enough of the good teams. They're not going to get bowl eligible. I'm losing to TCU, uh, Tech, Texas, Kansas State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, purely just because I felt like Oklahoma State should be professional enough to beat Houston. Uh, and then also uh, to UCF to end the season at that point in time. But basically picking up all the bottom feeder wins uh, over uh, you know West Virginia and then the, pretty bad non-con uh from mm-hmm. you know good good for them to pick up some wins uh but not good for uh strength uh, schedule in any way shape or form but alan where do you have the uh uh houston high all right yeah cougar high me yeah uh i've got uh three and six in the conference then uh, overall i have them five and seven this is kind of a theme i know but uh yeah i have them losing uh, out of conference that opening that first week game against utsa is a pick and yeah. uh i mean the way i just you know the quarterback situation there seems to favor uh the roadrunners so yeah i think they're gonna drop one and that will probably keep them out of a bowl game this year and brady i'm gonna go houston i was gonna go I was going to go one under Allen's win total for Houston. I, I don't think Houston is good at all. Um, I don't know what Dana Holgerson is in 2023. I don't, uh, he's particularly happy to be back in the big 12. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that much of them. So next. Next is Iowa state. Uh, Actually can, real quick, oh, yes. real quick. Texas might lose to them because they've already complained. We got to go to up fair. Why do we have to go? Like, why do they care? Why was that such a thing? That that would be a game, Texas. Uh, well, bad, you, bad, yeah. bad team on the road, and that's the only game Houston would probably. Uh, yeah. Next up, Iowa State. I don't I have them. No, enough at, about Houston. Oh, you're cutting in and out of me, Brady, all over the place. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I think. By the Brady's way, point oh, is yep, yeah. By the way, uh, numbers. Yes. Okay. The uh, over under on Houston is four and a half. Four and a half. Juice oh. to the over. Yeah. Yeah. You got them over just slightly. I know. That was, that was surprised. Okay. Iowa State, we're sitting at for me four and eight. Uh, this could be a much worse number uh, depending on when certain announcements are made. But I'm at four and eight. Um, they just beat the bad teams in a. Lose all the good teams. <laughs> they even lose to all the middle teams uh, across the board, in my opinion. So four and eight for the uh, Iowa State. Alan, where do you got Iowa State? Yeah, the Cyclones, uh, you mentioned it. I have no clue 
what to make of this because of the uh, all the rumored suspensions. You know, I, I hear they they'll be out for the first the, whoever these important players are will be out for the first four games, then six. Some say, people say the whole season. So I really don't know. I don't think it's going to be a good year for them. Uh, I have them going two and seven in uh, the conference and three and nine overall, uh, which I'm pretty sure would be on the under, but I'll find out. So if they're if they're bad this year, does that mean they're beating Iowa? I I have them losing to Iowa and so they gotta I. go on the road. They gotta <laughs> go on the road to Ohio, which is kind of wild, man. Like why who scheduled that? Like is Solich coach at Ohio? No, nah, he, he stepped. Be, right? he, yeah, he stepped down. Uh, I don't know uh, who took over, but Solich is out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't see much difference with Allen's. Um, is this where Matt Campbell does he get fired? No, no. If they, if he has another one win, one conference win season, he doesn't get fired. Well, or does he'll, he not? He'll do the whole like I, you know, my kids were gambling, and that's not my fault. I guess so. What was that record you had, Matt? I'm sorry, Brady. What was it? Four? Did you have four wins, Alan? I think I had three, three, three okay. and nine. Yeah. Okay, I'll 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 do a little different and go four and eight then. Four and eight. Just the same thing that they had last year. Yeah, the it's, total uh, the total on this five and a half. Oh, yeah, they're not calculating some stuff. And Tim Albin is the head coach of the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, he took Northwestern Oklahoma State to a national championship uh, in whatever year that was, nineteen ninety seven. No, nineteen ninety nine. And was on Solich te- uh, coaching staff for ne- for Nebraska in two thousand. That's that connection there. Uh, moving on to Kansas. Now, I may be the only one who believes this. Uh, actually, I'm probably not that far off. I have Kansas sitting at 7-5. and five. Uh, I think the defense is bad, but I do think they have the best quarterback in the conference, and I think that matters for something across the board. I have Kansas sitting at 7-5. and five. Uh Pretty much beating everybody. I have them dropping to uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Tech, Kansas State, and they drop their second game of the season to Illinois. Uh, don't know why I have that, but it just seemed like they would. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe expectations or something along those lines. Uh, but seven and five, great year for Kansas. That's where I have them at. Uh, I believe that will also be an over. I can't quite remember. I think they're five and a half, six, something like that. Uh, Alan, where do you have the Jayhawks? Yeah, you know, I'm with you uh, on seven and five. In the conference, I have them going four and five. So I actually have them beating Illinois out of conference. Uh, that's a flyer, but since it's in Lawrence, I figure um, they might have enough juice to uh, get through that, especially early in the year. Um, you know, seven and five, though, in my opinion, for uh, Lance Leopold would be a pretty good year, uh, just kind of. Yeah, I realize they have they're bringing back a lot on offense, but they've really got to get the defense figured out. So I see, yeah. a, I foresee a lot of shootouts for the Jayhawks this year. Yeah, and I, I just think Jalen having him there, if he stays healthy the full year, if you get in the shootouts, it's good to have him on your side of the shootout. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. All right, has Brady, he been healthy? Kansas has he has he been healthy from start to finish ever since he's been named the starter? 
Not that I know of. Not that I, I, I do so. not believe so. I do not believe so. Yeah. Um, I could see them starting off four and one, five and zero potentially, but that back half of the schedule, if certain teams are as good as we think that they could be, um, is pretty bad. I'm going to say six and six. I don't know how much just having an like a, an athletically gifted quarterback could do for you. I mean, I th- these are bad examples as this is like 20 years ago, but um, I mean, there have been a handful of Big 12 teams that an awesome quarterback, but not a good offensive line, not good skill position help, not good defenses to help them out. And they just kind of average out, you know, six, seven, eight win teams. Um, I can, I kind of see that with Kansas, but again, with, with Leopold and the expectations there, six and six, if they start off hot, but then they just play a, a tough back schedule and they're in some of those games that, that could be a successful or a, a nice season for them. And looking here, if you go, or if you're going over six and a half, you can get plus odds in one spot. Uh, most of the uh, other options though, there's a over five and a half and also an over six that are paying roughly around the same. Now we're in her, uh, I, I believe this is the team that was voted as the second best uh, with the pre- uh, preseason media poll, Kansas State. I have Kansas State setting at 10 and 2. Uh, I believe this is going to be a very good team. I understand they've lost playmakers, their best playmakers. Uh, I understand that. Uh, that said, I believe the lines and the defense is going to allow them to kind of navigate a schedule which should be pretty doable <laughs> i mean across the board i have them at 10 and 2 I, I don't think it's like a hollow 10 and 2 in any way shape or form but i do have them dropping uh texas and then tcu i think tcu is able to get some modicum of revenge for the big 12 title game but i have kansas state sitting at 10 and 2 allen wildcats what do you got them at wow so our, our opinions differ pretty significantly oh here. wow okay okay i've got I, i've got kansas state going five and four in conferences which is pretty good Mm-hmm. Uh, or part which is uh you know not not horrible uh but seven and five overall i think they lose at missouri uh just because the way that they beat the taste out of missouri's mouth last year yeah. i have a feeling the tigers will be pretty fired up um i was not as uh impressed with will howard as everybody mm-hmm. else seemed to be last year I, he it seems like he actually got an opportunity to uh feast on kind of the the he you know, sucks man parts. yeah i just don't he think sucks. he's they, but people went went nuts over his whole story last year. I I didn't get it. Um, lots of loss, losses also on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary and uh, you know their pass rusher. I just think that this is a year where uh, the you know they take a little bit of a step back. All right, Brady. Yeah, I'm assuming you mirror the same thing as Allen there, not respecting the not Wildcats. Re- not real. It's not that I don't respect them. I respect climbing. Um, but I think eight and four is in their future, which isn't bad. It even for Kansas State, I don't even know if you can really view that as a step back because what they average one Big Twelve title every eighteen years. So, um, you know, like if you, I mean, what was their record in twenty thirteen, the year after they won it with Klein? What was the what was their record in oh four after they beat us in oh three? So. Um, I think eight and four, there are a lot of winnable games here, but I mean, I think tech is going like playing in Lubbock is going to be tough for them. Um, Texas, typically Texas has like, I mean, Kansas state has mojo over Texas way more than they have mojo over us. 
Um, but I think the skill position talent is going to be too much to overcome on the road for KSU. Um, having Kansas and Iowa State's nice to <laughs> round out your year for Kansas State. But, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's really going to show itself that first game on October 6th against Oklahoma State. I mean, OSU and Gundy getting shut out last year when people thought they were good after they Texas and they were, were they a top five or they were a team, right? Uh, OSU. Yeah. I think they're at least top 15. Yeah. And just got destroyed. Um, Gundy's going to, they're going to beat Kansas state. And I think that's where it's going to start showing itself that Will Howard is the, he was the product of a magical year and wasn't that good. And the further you get away from that, it's like, Oh yeah. Um, we got pretty lucky last year that certain teams were not as good that are typically very good and other teams were better. And when we got to play them, the lack at certain positions didn't matter that much. So sorry, KSU, but enjoy it. Oklahoma state came into that game. Number nine in the nation and got blank 48 to zero. Right. That's right. The over under, by the way, for, uh, the, for purple Kansas is seven and a half juiced heavily to the over. I, I just, I mean, my, I just think they're they've got a uh, a professionalism about them, which will do them well in, in this new, ever changing uh, league. Uh, I think next year, if a lot of change and flux, I'm just putting it all on that coaching staff for ten and two. Uh, I will, I will admit that's not usually a, a number that's associated to Kansas State. Uh, but now we're going for Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is a full-on uh, homer take. You look at the schedule and you see, man, I see a bunch of tomato cans sitting on a fence uh, for shooting practice. Uh, basically, uh, I'm going to lean on the as much hope and sunshine as possible. Uh, Oklahoma will be going 11 and one, uh, dropping the game in Dallas. Uh, I don't have a score prediction or anything of that nature. It's, I mean, some of these should be close, like the Kansas game could be close if Kansas is putting up a, a bunch of points. What does TCU look like at the end of the year after losing so much skill talent and so much his talent across the board? But other than that, it's kind of you would really have to talk me into other teams for, for that point in time. So I think potentially nine and three is like the very basement level uh, if Brent is a good coach, uh, and then more than likely nine on ten and two. But I have OU saying at eleven and one, obviously an over uh, Allen. Bring us down the earth a little bit. Where's Oklahoma? <laughs> well, I have OU going uh, seven and two in conference, uh, ten and two overall. People are going to hate me. The two losses I have are Texas and Oklahoma State. Oof. I just think I just think there's something about it being the last year in the Big Twelve. I, I I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but something about that environment in Stillwater, you know. I just I, I have a feeling I could cert I can see that uh somehow uh going against the Sooners, breaking against them. But uh 10 and 2 would be solid would be well not solidly, 10 and 2 would be over. Uh the over under here at almost every across the board is uh nine and a half with juice to the over, which is an interesting shift because for a while it was on the under. So uh even though I think a lot of casual betters, from what I understand, are betting the under on OU. I'm assuming it looks like sounds like some sharps have put in enough money to uh, drive the uh, juice to the over here. 
So I'm assuming also in your storybook there, you, you've got Gundy's kid leading Oklahoma State to the victory. <laughs> Alan Bowman, you know, coming from that indeed from that from that 2018 <laughs> matchup gets his gets his revenge after uh, getting knocked out. Man, that's wild, man. 2018, he was he, he played against OU. Yes, it's madness, <laughs> madness. Uh, Brady, Oklahoma um where we got them i had them going 10 and 2 as well um and in that little prediction post i don't know if i i mean i i didn't write it down um i don't know if this make them get into the big 12 championship i mean i have them losing their two games in conference as well um <clears throat> losing to texas not osu but uh byu like i mentioned earlier um i mean some things will have to happen maybe oh you can still kind of sneak Big 12 championship and who knows in a clear cut number one at that point in the year. Um, but the OSU thing is interesting because, you know, you can look at it a few different ways. I can look at it. Like you said, conspiracist Alan, I can look at it kind of superstitiously because I, for whatever reason, I always remember that the last time OU played Nebraska, Texas A&M, Missouri and Colorado in their, in their stadiums, before they left the conference, OU lost those games. And the last time OU played those teams outright, OU beat them. Whether it was in Dallas for the Big 12 Championship against Nebraska or just OU A&M when Broyles got hurt in 2011. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that kind of just signals uh, God just wants these schools to kind of have like a good, nice little parting gift. you know. So you can look at it that way with OSU of like here, God's giving OSU a nice little parting gift so that they can pretend like, oh yeah, scheduling them is totally impossible. And they're the ones that want us, even we don't care, you know, we'll play you. Sure. If not, who gives a shit? Um, you can look at it that way, or you can look at it like um, when OU played all those four previous schools, the last time OU won. And that was God saying, well, who typically wins this series? Who's the better team? Who's the better program? OU beats them. So, you know, you can go both ways with OSU. And I, I think I lean more. OU's not losing the last Bedlam game. They're just not. OU's won a thousand of them and they're going to win a thousand and one. So, um, 10 and two, losing to Texas. They might get their chance for some payback later in the Big 12 title game. They could be a much closer and much better game um, than obviously last year. But they'll just trip up and lose this team. This program is not, they are definitely like not where they should be B we don't know where they are um, and see if they are good they're not good enough enjoy great food and drinks at the original Norman hotspot and its first cocktail bar scratch kitchen and cocktails is our choice for quality meals and drinks to enjoy the next time you're looking for a great night out with locations in historic downtown Norman on Main Street and the Paseo Arts District in Oklahoma City Oklahoma fans from all over the metro can enjoy scratch kitchen and cocktails also be sure to pick up or ask about scratches ready-made old-fashioned cocktail at your local wine and spirit store take the best scratch concoction home to sit on your lounge and continue listening to this episode. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Great food, drinks, and atmosphere. But yes, Oklahoma does seem to be a good football team. Don't know if they're great, but they play a very poor schedule. <laughs> so yeah. I think they're going to be inflated uh, decently across the board there. Uh, so we're going to move on. So Brady, if you can hear us. 
you're completely frozen. So we'll move on to Oklahoma State. Uh, I have Oklahoma State going five and seven. Uh, I do not have them beating Oklahoma. I do think it's sad. OU in um, it's not the end of the it's not the end of the year. It's kind of shoved in there. I'm not the biggest fan of that. Uh, but I do have Oklahoma State going five and seven, losing Oklahoma. Uh, I know you have them winning the last bedlam, but I do think from the old Grantland days, a squinky probably pops up and uh, <laughs> takes care of OU's winning chances. Uh, I'm sorry, OSU's winning chances uh, in bedlam for the last time. So I've got Oklahoma State going five and seven. Alan, how you got the Cowboys? Yeah, well, <laughs> buoyed by their upset win in Bedlam over Oklahoma, I have uh, Oklahoma State going six and three in conference, uh, which really surprised me, but that's where it came out. Um, I have them eight and four overall. I actually think I think between the trip to Arizona State and that visit from South Alabama, which is actually a very uh, good Sunbelt team. They're going to lose one of those out of conference. Um, you know, it, it's going to be kind of one of those situations where I think, um, you know, everyone's going to start talking about Gundy being, oh, you know, never, you know, you don't want to you, watch out, you know, when Gundy's an underdog and what have you, but they're the only team that has an even poorer schedule than OU. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, so I think that uh, it just kind of bodes well for them to uh, get uh, to eight and four, which would be an over. Uh, I believe their uh, total set six and a half across the board. So, yeah, that would be an over. So the reason why I went under on them uh, five and seven for the Cowboys is that I basically said any team that seemed equal, um, I had them just losing that twenty toss. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, hey, it's it, I, I I think this is a bad football team. I, I think they're trending in a in a bad direction, and I think some of these other teams are trending in positive directions. Uh, the only team you could look at this, I have them. Um, well, no, I haven't beaten West Virginia. I, th- I think. I, don't know. I think they're just trending in a, in a poor way as a program just very shortly uh, with how everything went down this past offseason. Uh, but Brady, where do you have the Cowboys at? I've got them at five and seven. Alan has them at eight and four, eight and four. wildly, uh, <laughs> I may add. Uh, but it is a very, very bad schedule. Uh, Brady, where you got the Cowboys? Yeah, uh, seven and five. Um, I'm buying into the, I'm buying into the little trope that, Hey, when Gundy and OSU go into a a season when nobody really thinks that much of them, then they do really well. When people, when they go into a season with a lot of expectation, that's when they tend to crumble. They're not beating OU. So, uh, just cross that one off. But I think that they'll uh, be able to, whether it be a Kansas state, a TCU, if they're, if they're still kind of living off last year and still kind of good, whether tech becomes a player in the conference whether it's UCF like I'm predicting um, I think OSU is going to be able to beat one maybe two of those of those teams I don't know about going to Austin but I, I think seven wins for OSU sounds about right all right now for the uh national champion runner-up I guess technically uh, <laughs> uh, uh the, the the Horn Frogs to uh, TCU I have them basically the record that they should have been last year uh, without like a lot of luck and stuff. So I have them sitting at eight and four. Uh, who do I have them losing to? I have them losing to Tech, Texas, OU, and then just because it's a screw them over one time, I have them losing the iron skillet game, um, <laughs> going down the SMU. So eight and four for a TCU, completely blowing the doors off Dion, by the way. Uh, but eight and four for uh, TCU on my side. So uh, Alan, where you got TCU? 
this this really surprised me when I uh, finally put it all together. I have TCU at seven and two in the conference and uh, ten and two overall, which would blow the uh, over under of seven and a half out of the water. Uh, I have them losing uh, at OU in their final game of the regular season. I also have them losing against Kansas State. Uh, but otherwise, I think that uh, I've got them running through. You know, I think that part of the thing here that really helps uh, TCU at this point is you look at their schedule and, you know, they're breaking in a lot of new guys on offense with, but they've, you know, their first few games, Colorado, Nichols at Houston, hosting SMU, hosting West Virginia. They have to go to Iowa State in October, uh, first weekend in October. But again, who knows if Iowa State will, who will be playing for the uh, Cyclones at that point. That's a really nice way to kind of break, uh, break in the new, the new guys on offense. They've got a lot of good start or uh, transfers, uh, you know, the skill positions to uh, make up for what they lost there. And I, I got to be honest, man, I love their defensive coordinator, Joe Gillespie. Um, I'm, I'm high on, uh, on this team, even, even with all the losses from last year. Brady, Texas Tech, Horn Frogs. What you got? Texas Tech Frogs or Texas? Sorry, TCU. TCU. Yeah, I'm TCU. losing my mind. I do uh, have Texas Tech in my brain <laughs> for something else. They're all God fearing Christians in my mind, but um, I don't see it for TCU this year. Last year was too much magic and too much luck. I don't think that much of Sonny Dykes. So um, I'm going to say six wins, seven wins, you know, somewhere I'll, I'll just, I'll be different. I'll go six. I don't particularly think that highly of them. Um, losing Garrett, Garrett Riley is going to hurt them. Um, the only, the only positive thing I could probably think of, and it concerns OU is, oh, you've got to go to Provo. And then five days later, they got to play a football game. So yeah. That will bode well for TCU because I don't like what's T does do you guys have their schedule up? Does TCU um TCU play anybody on the road? The, no, they the uh, week, week before BYU? they play they play uh the week they, before they play OU, they host Baylor. So oh, I mean God. that is it is somewhat of a rivalry game, but I mean, you know, I think they're gonna be I, I don't think they're gonna be you know overly taxed by that before they have OU. Yeah, TCU, to that perspective, TCU has a pretty easy easy road until the bye, and then they play uh, Tech on a Thursday night, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma. So if, you know, depending on how you shake things out, they played, you know, the class, and right before the bye, they played Kansas State. So they basically play the class of the Big 12 to end the season. Uh, I think that's where they kind of get tripped up on, on my side. I have them losing uh three of the last five going three and two in that stretch uh, i'm sorry two and three in that stretch uh but that's where i kind of have them at but i don't have them at six and six that's some hater um <laughs> <laughs> uh, now going on to the uh what the media says is the contender straight up and down texas longhorns uh i think we're all pretty going to have them pretty high i have them sitting at 10 and two not getting the uh uh, I guess what Iowa State would say, the regular season championship. Uh, have them losing to Alabama and then losing on a Friday night to end the season to Texas Tech. Uh, Alan, where do you got them at? Yeah, I've got Texas 8-1 and one in conference. Uh, the one loss being to uh, when they travel to TCU. 
then I've gone two and one out, out of conference with the loss to Alabama. I know that they're a uh, that's kind of one of those ones where the media is uh, certainly starting to creep towards Texas on that, but I, I just don't see them going to Tuscaloosa and winning. Uh, so that would put them at 10 and two overall. Okay, 10 and two. Uh, Brady, the Longhorns, the hated Longhorns. What do you got? Can I, can, can I have two guesses for this? Cause it's, it's, it's Alabama is the pivotal game. It, it, yes, it is the absolute pivotal game. And it's not, it's not like, well, if they win, then this will happen, or if they lose, this will happen. They're losing in both scenarios. What I mean is, how do they navigate the quarterback controversy after us? Because I don't think the world of Quinn Ewers, like everybody else seems to, I, I think that he is just a taller version of Dylan Gabriel. So, uh, and I think Dylan Gabriel is a good quarterback, but we all have, I think, the right expectation for him. And Texas fans are just, and the media is just going like, this guy is it. Like, they finally have someone that can throw the ball forward. Um, and look cool doing it with the mullet. So uh, uh, let, let's go ahead and crown him. But I don't see it with him. He misses way too many throws. He's got decent athleticism to him, but not enough to like scare anybody. So if they go to Tuscaloosa and get drilled and yours does not play particularly well, um, the scenario is if they navigate it like adults where they don't just yank Quinn Ewers either in that game or or shortly thereafter in game three, four, five or whatever, and put in Arch Manning because they paid a million dollars for him because you know all the going to be screaming at Sarkeesian after they get drilled by Alabama to put in Arch Manning, put him in, put put in Malik Murphy or something. If they navigate that like adults, I think they'll go ten and two, kind of similar to what Allen. If they don't do that, they will fall off the face of the earth in dramatic Texas fashion over the last like they have in the last ten or so years. So. That it's so pivotal, um, but I guess because one scenario seems like a gigantic wish from an OU fan, I, I guess I'll err on the side of ten and two that they'll navigate it like adults, and and who knows? Because um, really, I I think the reason why they would fall at the face of the earth in that other scenario is because I don't think Arch Manning, yeah, he's not the best recruit in the history of college football. Like I'm get get the fuck out of there with, the, with that shit, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I think Ewers is good enough to maintain when an eight, nine, ten win season. Um, if they go, it'll fall off. If they go to Malik Murphy, he's got some special to him, and I'm a little scared of that. Um, but we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I'll, I'll just go ahead and be safe and say ten and two. So all three of us have Sark winning, finally winning ten games mm-hmm. in his tenth season uh, for the first time ever as a head coach. I, I think. I think I think maybe uh, our uh, our hated friends over on Cover Three because I talked so much trash about them. Uh, I think they made that point too. If Sark doesn't get ten wins this season, you pull the plug <laughs> or, or something along those lines. I mean, this is it. I mean, you you've got to. I mean, if you can't get nine to ten out of this team against this schedule, I, I'm not seeing you doing much better walking into SEC. Yeah, they're kind I mean, of. Oh, go ahead, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say they're kind of screwed on on the timeline because if they do have a bad season or a disappointing year next year, I mean, they cannot go into the SEC with a brand new coach. Sark will be such a lame duck coach. It, like everybody will know it and they'll be set up for failure. Now, the good thing for them is their schedule, at least as it appears right now, is significantly easier than OU's because they got the Vanderbilts. They got the Kentuckys on their schedule, but they still have to play mm-hmm. Georgia. Um 
if they have a bad year, Sark is going to be a an absolute um, lame duck of a coach, in my opinion. OU, really, like, what is a bad season for OU? Uh, to me, that would just be winning six or seven games with this schedule. Um, because OU fans across the board, you're going to, you can pull a hundred of them and there's going to be the ones that are like win the big 12. And then there's going to be ones that are realists and go, you know, eight, nine, 10 games, maybe make the big 12 championship. Um, so like the level of expectations, a little bit spread, more spread that, oh, you can have a season, whatever it may be. And next year can still be like, okay for Brent Venables as a coach in terms of his trajectory, Sark be having that extra year where he went five and seven on Brent. Um, I don't know. Like they have to win 10 games this year and they have to look good doing it. If they do anything South of that, it could, could be bad for them um, for another few years in terms of the trajectory of their program. Yeah. Sark is the reason, you know, it's just something about it. It's kind of like, when there's it's very strange the way that uh texas's season last year was celebrated so much because like yeah i get it all the analytics for them looked great i i i get it but that team should have won more than eight games if you know i mean like and it's i mean they they should have won more than five with when sark was you know in his first season I just don't there's something about it's just it's the program and it's also the coach. I just don't get the impression that Sark is like the guy who's, you know, uh, you know, nose to the grindstone, you know, gonna push them over the top. It's it he just doesn't strike me that way, you know. I mean, I'd like for and I, I as much as I hate to say this, he seems like a really good guy. Yeah, like I, you know, I'd like him to do well. Um, but you know, it just I, I'm not I'm not seeing it with how they're putting it all together on game day. And, uh, you know, if he if they don't get 10 wins this year, man, like it's it's not going to happen for them. It's just it with him. It's just not. Yeah, they're getting they're getting talked about like a like a program that wins nine or 10 games and then they win their bowl game. So they have like this positive momentum rolling in from the final few games of the year. They win 10 wins or whatever. And they go into next year. They won eight games and lost their bowl game. I think people are just really wanting Texas to be good. And like I said, like their quarterback isn't Sam Ellinger. People respected Sam Ellinger, but nobody was afraid of him as a quarterback. Like he was just a tough football player. Cool. Quinn Ewers at least has the the uh, symptoms of being a good enough pocket passing quarterback to win a conference like the Big 12. And I, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And OU is not elite. So it's like it has to be Texas, right? Because no one's going to predict Kansas State. No one's going to predict Kansas. No one's going to predict any of the new four schools. So it has to be Texas. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Uh, and them historically are eight, nine wins anyway. So right in line for that this year. Um, but if I'm if I'm a Texas fan the same way that I'm an OU fan, and I look back at last year, like I will, it happened with OU. I'm like, so we're excited going into the year because we played Alabama close for a little bit or i mean for the entire bit we played alabama close they had the worst game that saban has ever coached in terms of discipline uh, by far and we beat an ou team without their starting quarterback who ended up not being that good anyway like as a team they won games and that's where we're hanging our hat it's like where exactly do you think we are so that would be my concern if i'm a texas fan and to be excited anyway so what the hell do i know
Yeah, the Texas stuff. I, I know the. I'll say one thing, and we'll get right on the Texas Tech uh, with the cacti. Uh, yeah, the spotlight does seem to be on the quarterback position now. Obviously, yours had like. I mean, go watch the Oklahoma State game. That that's not a college quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it was not good for him. But I do think if you're a media perspective and you're looking at this stuff, and, and you look at the offensive line they've recruited, and then you yeah. look at the skill positions that they've been able to accumulate, minusing the running back. Um, and they, you could say they have very serviceable running backs. I think they'd have, you know, I think if, you, if you're really excited about Barnes and Salchuk, you have to be then equally excited about Texas, in my opinion. Uh, they have the same caliber type of backs uh, to, to a certain degree. Uh, but Texas wide receivers and tight ends are just the class of the league. They're number one, two, three, four, and five. I mean, it's just yeah. how it is. It could be basically anybody back there throwing balls up. I mean, that's going to be a bit of it. Uh, it's just does it does the defense continue to be statistically like a top 10 unit? And if that happens and then these wide receivers can just, if Worthy doesn't drop every single need to not drop ball, <laughs> you know, it, they win those games. But Sark has a weird tendency of not adjusting at halftime uh, and abandoning running games when he's got a lead. I mean, it just, I don't know. It, there's, there's, there's like a, a secret sauce missing from them. It's like he's Diet Coke Lincoln Riley. He, he's, He's just a worse version of him. So that's why they don't really scare me. So whatever. All right. Moving on to Texas Tech, who is uh, the secret, secret darling of every single media people, at least maybe like a month or two ago. Uh, I fell for it after hitting my little uh, rubber stamps. I have like a bingo card for the wins and losses. Uh, it just shook out this way. Texas Tech's going 10-2, and two, boys. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good year for them. Uh, it's going to cause some really funky tiebreaker stuff as you're going to see in my Big 12 championship game. But I've got them go, going 10-2 and two out in West Texas. Alan, where are you at in Texas Tech? Uh, I am not as high on Texas Tech. Uh, four and five in conference. Um, I'll actually, I actually have them upsetting Oregon, if that's even considered an upset, if, depending on where the line is there. So I have them uh, three and oh in non-con, so that would be seven and five overall. And the over-under here is... Seven and a half juice to the under. So I think they have the magical TCU year, basically. <laughs> All right, Brady, Texas Tech, the cacti. So, uh, like the real, the real revelation here is I had no idea Tarleton State had a football team. My cousin went to Tarleton State, I think, for like a semester or two, and I thought that they were just a. I thought it was just a community college like Rose State, and I'm like. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, Oregon's going to beat Texas tech. Um, let's see here. I think eight or nine wins sounds right for them. Um, I don't think they're going to have, a, I don't think anyone's going to have a magical year out of this conference. They, they shot their wad last year with TCU and Kansas state. That was magic. Um, I don't see them doing much because again, Similar to like how you look critically back with Texas, if you're a Texas fan, if I'm a Texas Tech fan, okay, like you, you snuck up on Texas at home, cool, and they had to go through their quarterback, what was it, what was that guy's name that transferred out, the um, other guy. Um, you got to play. Oh, card? and Yeah. Yeah, Hudson card. And you had to go through a bunch of shenanigan tomfoolery in order for you to win that game wasn't there like a weird onside kick wasn't there something odd that happened at the or texas fumbled the kickoff and it gave them a chance it gave texas tech a chance to kick a field goal to overtime something weird happened and i can't remember that it was just yeah, Bijan, i believe Bijan fumbled the first carry in overtime 
that that yes. also happened yes yeah. okay so a bunch of like texas mistakes had to happen in order for texas to chance to win the game in overtime now you just carry everything i just said over to oklahoma now i know texas and oklahoma were not the best teams that they played last year and I don't know what their schedule was last year. I don't even know if Texas and Oklahoma were the best two teams that they played last year from a talent standpoint, sure. But overall, I'm not sure. Uh, but everything I just said about the Texas win, you just carried over to the OU win. So the two wins that Tech fans were so excited for Joey McGuire one going into uh, year two were complete and utter one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten had to happen in order for Texas Tech to be in a position to force overtime to then win it in overtime. Are you going to be able to replicate that? Are you are you going to be able to depend on two of the more talented teams in your conference to just shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over and over again for you to finally have a chance? I know, yeah, both those games were in Lubbock. So I don't know how much you're supposed to read into that. Me personally, I'm not, I'm reading a lot into it. And thinking that I think they'll be a fine football team because they, they, uh, I think McGuire is a fine head coach. He's a really good recruiter, clearly. Um, they seem to have the program going in a positive direction, but uh, Big 12 championship, double digit wins, uh uh-uh, uh, not, not that. Like that is way too close to the sun for this program. So, uh, eight wins, I'll be nice. Eight wins. I believe we all have them on the over. <laughs> even at eight wins oh. at the lowest part. Oh, no, my, I have them at seven, so I'm on Oh, nine. seven so on the yeah. under. Okay. All right, so I have uh, four teams, one, two, three, four, in double digits. That means somebody has to take a lot of losses. Uh, West Virginia is going to be sitting at, uh, and I'm sorry how it shook out. Uh, Mountaineer fans who are listening to this, dude of West Virginia, I apologize. Uh, please don't come <laughs> to my house. Uh, I is, haven't he, that is he alive one. still? <laughs> I think he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, I have them saying that 111, Neil Brand loses his job. It's a complete dumpster fire. Everything disappears. Uh, uh, he can only hide so far uh, behind the basketball coach. But 111 uh, for Ferens out in West Virginia. Alan, I'm assuming you're much uh, nicer to them than I am. Uh, walk us through it. Yeah, you assume correctly. I didn't, I don't know how I came up with this. I ended up with them at four and five in conference and uh five and seven overall they're they're non-con man i don't know what i mean it's like they were trying to get neil brown fired with uh Penn yes. state on the road and then they they have the home date with Pitt, which isn't like you know i mean it's going to be i think Pitt's probably going to have a, a better team and uh you know uh, that's a rivalry game losing that at home not fun uh but i've got them you know i mean i've got them beating texas tech I've got them beating. I've got them beating OSU, uh, and also Cincinnati and BYU. I believe all of those games are in Morgantown. I don't have them win anything on the road. Uh, so four and five in conference, and five and seven overall. Five and seven overall. I just think, I, I to me, it feels like a Nebraska type of thing where it's head coach is gone and the wheels come off everyone's it's very possible it, it is very possible and that's the thing especially if like they get embarrassed in any of those first three games uh you know it could neil brown could be uh getting his walking papers pretty early all right brady the mountaineers how where do you have i also at? i also had the four win thing um they're just i think utterly devoid of talent i think they're utterly devoid of a direction uh 
on. I mean, West Virginia should be going into year one of a new coach, but because OU, yeah. Um, I, I'll throw him. I'll throw him under the bus because he he thought he was a number one receiver. He's in the NFL now. If Marvin Mims catches a fucking ball that hits him right in the hands, OU wins that game and nobody cares about it. I don't even about that loss. I still have to watch it for the watch along, listen along, and I'm going to be watching it like, yeah, I forgot that this happened. I have no memory of this. <laughs> so um, they, they, he, oh, you should have won that game. Um, and I'm only saying that not because like, oh, I'd rather go seven and six. I'm saying that from the standpoint of when I'm projecting West Virginia going into the year, they should be going in with a brand new head coach because he would have been fired if everything just went the way that it should have been. So yeah, four wins. I don't think that much of them. And they should have been fired anyway. Alan, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was about to happen, but then like the, the AD, AD got fired. The president, and then they had AD got fired, and then for some yeah, reason they kind of gave him like a year to figure it did out. Did AD get fired or did he leave? One of the two. Either way, I two. mean, I think it's just the kind of situation, yeah, where you don't just, you know, you're bringing in a new AD there. I think his name is Ren Baker, and you don't just say, hey, okay, figure this out, <laughs> you know, so. All right, that walks us through the full uh, wins and losses of the Big 12. Now we're going to kind of rapid fire our way through the other conferences, starting with the Big 12 championship. Uh, now, Brady did completely uh, piss all over my uh, Big 12 championship game uh, <laughs> earlier, <laughs> uh, but this has some 2008 tiebreaker shenanigans. So you have OU versus Tech. Tech gets in over Texas via head-to-head, and then Tech gets in over Kansas State via conference record because I have Texas Tech, Texas, and KSU all at 10-2. and two. Um but uh, Tech uh, only losing one conference game and losing to Oregon, while Kansas State loses two conference games. And obviously have Tech over Texas in the head-to-head. And they have Oklahoma beating Tech uh, to win the Big 12 championship. Alan, I'm just being a giant homer right now. I'm usually very doom-filled. For some reason, mm. so much hope uh, has entered into my brain. Uh, Alan, Big 12 championship, how's it going down? All right, I have Texas at eight and one, first in the conference, so they are in. Uh, at tied for second, I have Oklahoma and TCU both at seven and two. Uh, OU would then get into the conference championship game uh, by way of the head-to-head win, uh, and I think that in that scenario, I think OU would get revenge on Texas uh, in the for the uh, conference title. You just the Sooners, I have a feeling, will be a a stronger team, a better team late in the year. And, uh, you know, you know, you want to get some payback after uh, Texas has taken two straight from them. And Brady, your Big 12 championship game. Did I have a default one? Uh, Both OU Texas going 10 and 2? Would have been would have been OU Texas. Yes. Yeah. So I guess OU Texas. And who do you have winning? I think because I'm a big, obviously I'm the history nerd. Um, I think history demands OU win this game and win the final year that they're in the Big 12 because that's all they've done since Big 12, the Big 8. You know, any iteration of this conference, OU has won the vast majority. Um, if you just stretch out the timeline, they've won the vast majority of the conference championships over that period of time. So I think it has to be OU. But man, I just that's it sounds too good. Like. Yeah, I know. they 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 were they were bad last year, 
And it w- there were reasons for that that were out of their control, and there were reasons for that that were within their control. And the ones that were within their control, we have no idea if they're going to be corrected. We have no idea if Danny Stutzman's going to not miss tackles anymore. We have no idea if that competitive depth is actually going to be a thing or if it's just going to be, oh, we'll have depth as the guys backing everybody up 18 years old and they don't know what they're doing, so we can't throw them out there. So they're just the program is not ready to take that step, I don't think. I don't think so. So I'm God, I hate this Texas. I'm going to get the dusty to check um, treatment on Twitter now, since I'm, I'm on pick Texas to beat OU in the big <laughs> title game um, and get dogged on it. But I, I don't care. Please dog me. It makes me feel alive. So you have Texas winning the big 12, the final year of it uh, with them at least and finishing the season at 11 and two. Uh, now we're going to the Big Ten. I've got Michigan, Wisconsin, with Michigan pushing through on that side. Alan, who you got in the Big Ten? Oh, man. I like Ohio State this year just because, I mean, Michigan winning two years in a row. I I, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, the Buckeyes finally bounced back. Uh, and then on the other side, I'm going to go with Iowa by virtue of a very cake schedule and not having a, an entirely new coaching staff. And then uh, I've got Ohio State beating Iowa in the conference title game and heading into the playoffs undefeated. Wow. Put that note there, undefeated. Big Ten do, di- Big Ten do divisions, or they just do the two best? They're still doing divisions. This yeah. is the last year. They're so boring. Next year's, yeah. next year's division list. The yeah. West is so bad, man. Yes. It's so boring. Oh, Yeah, I just have yeah, a lot I mean, more is, hope in who's Fickle. Um, mm. I, I think he's actually just a good, good coach, so. Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I was going to say it might it'd probably be Wisconsin for me out of the West, but I, I'd pick, I mean, yeah, Ohio State. I, I think I think they found what they were in that final game against Georgia. Um, I think they found what worked. Now, will another iteration of Lincoln Riley be able to like capitalize off of that really positive performance, even though it was a loss going into next year with all their talent? Um, I don't really think that highly of Michigan or Jim Harbaugh. And isn't he going to miss the first four games this year? Yeah, but those first four yeah. games do not oh matter. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's timed <laughs> well, perfectly. It, it's, I mean, to me, it has little to do with those games. To me, it's just, mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot. That's just a lot for a, a program that's trying to also beat Ohio state. Not, not one time, but three years in a row. So yeah, that's just a lot in one year. They're going to have to answer so many damn questions. It's going to be annoying uh, if they don't play particularly well within those four, first four games and still win. It'll you know it'll be something that will hang over their head. So I'll, I'll pick Ohio State. All right, SEC is my first uh, very small controversial thing here. Um, I have Georgia, no shock, uh, versus LSU with Georgia coming out uh, on that side. I do have Bama not making the conference game again, and then uh, talks start to happen. Uh, <laughs> Alan, SEC, where do you got them? Yeah, I, you know, LSU has actually been very popular among uh, a lot of, you know, handicappers and whatnot to uh, knock off Alabama again. I don't see it. I personally, I'm still going to hang with uh, Nick Saban and Tide. I've got them winning the West. I've got Georgia winning the East. And then I've got Georgia uh, being Alabama in the conference title game. And I suspect both of them will be in the playoff. Let's give as much a spoiler alert for his playoffs. Uh, Brady, SEC, where you got it? Our future home. Does anybody kind of think 
Georgia is is not. I think they're kind of due for a disappointment. I think I think Alabama will bounce back this year. I have no idea what to expect out of their quarterback position, but I've seen I've seen Alabama win the SEC and win the national championship with quarterbacks whose names I cannot remember or uh, whether it be now or in the moment. So I think Alabama just by virtue of how disappointing that how bad they played at times last year, I think Saban will bounce back that pro no doubt Um, who they're going to play. I mean, maybe Georgia, maybe Tennessee. Um, I have no idea what to expect out of Heupel in Tennessee in year two. Um, I want to believe that they could be good, but I think Alabama just wins it straight up. So you're going to put Tennessee versus Alabama? Yes. Wow. I want to be different. Kirby Smart just heard that. It's in the locker room right now. <laughs> no one believed in Georgia. I'm picking, I, I'm picking them to go seven and five. I was that guy. <laughs> All right, ACC. Uh, this one is pretty much chalks. I believe this one has no divisions. Uh, so yes, I've got correct, Clemson, yeah. Florida State, with Clemson coming out. All right, let's see here. I have Clemson and Florida State also, but watch out for Louisville, which has an easier schedule somehow than OU and, and OSU. a better coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very good coach. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but uh, I've still I've got Florida State and Clemson rematching, and I've got Florida State being Clemson in, in the uh, rematch from this uh, season, regular season. Oh, okay. And then Brady, where you got him at? Um. I guess Clemson, Florida State. Um, are, are people expecting Miami and Cristobal to have a bounce back year two, like people are expecting OU and Brent Venables to? Is their schedule yeah. just tougher, or they? Because I know they were significant football players. I think is the issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, OU and Miami had very similar seasons last year, but I mean that's just a classic case of not every six and seven or whatever year is built the same. <laughs> Um, yeah. so yeah, I'll, I'll go Clemson, Florida state. I don't really think that highly of Florida state. And I will admit a lot of that deals with how did you not destroy us? Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you for making me care about the damn cheese at bowl in the moment. So, uh, uh, shame on Florida state and their houses and Clemson will beat them twice next year or this coming season. Okay. Uh, had to make a, the PAC 12 does have divisions. Does it not? No. Does not. Okay, I can go back. I uh, just had to freak Mo out. Back 12 is my funky one. I've got Oregon State versus Utah with Utah coming out. All right. Yeah. Alan. You know what? Yeah. No, this is, this is, <laughs> this is odd because I went through. Um, this is one of the ones that I did get to go through and project every game. And I ended up with, uh, 53 wins and 55 losses overall. So somewhere I made a mistake, but uh, I'm going to go with UCLA and Washington here. And um, I've got uh, the Bruins taking down the Huskies to win the Pac-12 at plus 1800. Wow. Nice. We're all just being a bunch of two haters right now. (laughs) Southern (laughs) California. Uh, Brady, where are you guys at? Um. I think, I mean, I'm just, Caleb Williams is good. I'll go USC playing, I I don't even think Oregon would be, God, 
Who who could realistically play USC? Help me out here because I've not given him one damn about Washington's really good. Um, or yeah. is Penix coming back? Could be very good. Yes, he is. Yep. Yeah. If Oregon State had just like a decent quarterback, they win a ton of games last year. So there's a, there's a chance, depending on how you think about DJ. I mean, they they're sneakily a very good conference. That's why it's kind of a weird. Yeah. Well, game like championship. like going through it, what I found was I saw like there are like six really good teams and then six bad teams or just yes, not yeah. you know like there's a clear delineation and so like there's a lot of easy wins when you know you're looking at like arizona colorado you know yeah. arizona state right now just do it for the clicks you got usc i guess I'm colorado gonna... colorado winning no <laughs> <laughs> no I, i'm gonna have ou fans hate me because i i picked texas to beat ou in the big tall title I'll, I'll pick usc um it would be too good to be true for usc to not win the Pac-12 in Lincoln Riley's two long years at USC uh, before he get, runs off to the NFL after Caleb leaves. Um, it'd be too good to be true. Um, I, I just think I, Caleb's awesome. So that's all I'll, all I have to say about that. All right. Now on to the playoffs. I have, by virtue of OU going 11-1 uh, conference and winning the uh, Big Big 12, obviously making that. So I've got Georgia, OU, Clemson, and Michigan. Uh, going into there. Do not have their seating or anything. That's just the way I wrote them down. But again, Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Michigan. Uh, Alan, I think you'd have Georgia, but I think that's probably uh, the only ones <laughs> that we uh, conference, uh, cross-reference on. So you have Georgia, Bama, uh, Georgia, Ohio Bama, State. Georgia, Bama, Ohio State. And then I guess for the last one, God, I'm so tempted to pick LSU <laughs> to really piss people <laughs> off. <laughs> but um, I think in that scenario, uh, I would take Michigan. Oh, okay. So you have Michigan, I guess, losing its uh, one losing loss. The one Ohio loss State. to Ohio State. So and they're then, getting uh, the Ohio State thing last from last year. Yes. All right, Brady, your playoffs. I guess Alabama, Clemson, USC. And oh my God, this would be a nightmare. <laughs> Texas, even at Oof. I guess at eleven and two, they would just want Texas back. Yeah, in. you would need and you now. That, that it, means you would have Penn State being good and like causing issues. Yeah, uh, Penn State in the in the big, being good. Georgia, because I I have look. I, I said it before we even went on. I remember in twenty twenty one or whatever year it was going into this through the keyhole i predicted bama to get up miami so look like i just like to do those things sometimes because it'd be fun um i think georgia they might win nine games they'll, they'll win nine ten games i just don't know if they're gonna win like I, I think they're due for kind of a disappointment and i don't know if they're gonna win enough to like well tennessee gets in well then if tennessee loses then georgia will just be the at large i don't think something like that would happen um, this would this would obviously mean because I leaned into the re, like a more realistic scenario for Texas than of them handling the QB situation like adults. Um, maybe they play and lose Alabama in a good game, which would then feed the frenzy for like, oh, let's have a rematch in the playoff. So Texas, USC, Clemson, Bama. All right. 
That sounds utterly dreadful, Brady. Thank you so much for bringing that to my life. I'm so, uh, <laughs> yeah, God, that, that would just be a nightmare, man. Well, and, and then how, Texas. how, how would it, how would it OU fans feel if, okay, you, you jump from six and seven to 10 and two, you make the big 12 championship, you lose, um, you lose to a, a team that's a little bit further along than you in terms of the development and skill position stuff and all that. You also signed all these, like all these awesome, potentially some awesome defensive linemen recruits that have been rumored to go to OU, you've got another top five class and now you're going to the SEC. So all the outside stuff would suck, but I think internally it'd be like, man, that sucked that we lost to Texas twice this year, but man, is the program looking good for the future? I think maybe it'd be you a very that, weird, interesting season. It would be, I think if I were to be the, uh, the doomsayer on that, I'd say, oh great. The only team uh, that has the SEC level, uh, we lost to twice. And now we're walking into the SEC uh, with the rest of those types of teams that would be peppered across OU's schedule at that point in time. Um, but I do think for like future growth and, pro and progression, I think that would be a, a, a nice way. But yeah, I, I just can't have Texas succeeding. I'm sorry. I not, not only do I need to succeed, I need them to fail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're going on to our offensive players and defensive players' projections. Uh when I say these things out loud, Alan and Brady, you may panic, uh, but I've got Barnes going for 1,335 yards and Sawchuck going for 875. It's a thunder-lightning combo. I think Barnes is your main workhorse who's going to get most of it, and then Sawchuck is going to get like big break runs to get him up there. We do not get two 1K runners, but you get very close once you combine everything. And then on the defensive side, I've got uh, Pearson getting 80, 80 tackles out of that safety position and five interceptions uh we'll check the progress of that at the yeah at the halfway point at the bye week and then at the end of it i i don't think those are two out of the two out of the crazy i mean that would make uh pearson to probably be our best defensive player uh i think that position in the safety group is going to be very important uh, but alan do you have any position i mean any player for offense or defense that with some uh, numbers next to him you want to toss out sure yeah i'll say uh jaleel farouk catches um, 48 balls next year and gets to, let's say, oh, about 715 yards receiving, uh, Toledo U. That doesn't sound like a lot, but I have a feeling that the ball will be spread around quite a bit this year. Uh, and I hope, I'm hoping that OU is leaning more in the run game this year. So, you know, throw, maybe throw in like, uh, seven, seven touchdowns for Farouk. Uh, defensively, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if Stutzman is going to get up to those same kind of tackles numbers as last year, but I think they'll still be high. I mean, he had a total of 124 last year. Mm -hmm. I hope it's, I hope it's a lot lower. I hope it's closer yeah. to about 95, uh, to lead the team. So, you know, I'll say that. And, uh, you know, he also chips in like three sacks on the year. Three sacks. Okay. All right, Brady. Offense and defense. Offense. Let's go with Gavin Sawchuk. I'm going to say, oh, what would be, I'm going to say 1,200 yards rushing because he'll split okay. with Javante. And I think Gavin will just kind of, as he goes along, will show that he is the clear cut guy, like the, the one, like the guy. Um, mm -hmm. Javante is still very good. Um, I just think it, it'll get to a point where it's like we Gavin can do more. And hopefully, because if everybody will remember in the Cheez-It Bowl, apparently um, they took out 
um, Sawchuck a lot on passing downs, which, you know, you can, people, that would be the case. Hopefully that gets corrected. Hopefully he's developed as a player so that he can stay on the field a lot longer. Um, and if that happens, then I think he'd have a really good year on the ground and even um, in the passing game. Uh, but, you know, say 1,200 yards with Sawchuck. Um, okay. Defensively, Oh gosh. Can I can I just say that maybe like somebody wins an award? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Someone wins an award. An award. Uh, uh what's his name? Bothroyd? Yes. De- Big 12 newcomer of the year on defense. All right. That's guy. Yeah, that's an award. Yeah, that's an award. Big 12 newcomer. And it, and if that's the case, that's probably it's probably a good thing. Man, if he wins that, that means our only Big 12, all Big 12 person probably isn't, Ethan Towns probably isn't living up to it. Goodness. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, just just for clarification, you've got uh, Gavin Salchuk at 1,200. I have him at 875. I have Barnes sitting at 13, uh, what did I say? 1335. See, I think they are equal in the first half, and then Barnes basically morphs into Marion Barber the third uh, at the end of games. And I have dogs screaming um, and basically puts teams away. I think he's the closer at that point in time. Um, but that's our prediction show. I'm trying to get out of here before these dogs lose their mind uh, even more. But thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for Vanessa House. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. And thank you, uh, everyone, the patrons at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Uh, this will be written up in a really nice little format, and I'll get it sent over on our Patreon so you can kind of look at this and keep us accountable. Uh, but thank you everyone uh, for listening and Brady can you do uh, what Matt usually does and get us out of here boomer sooner 